the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. of Tech episode 257 for the week commencing Monday 27 January 2014. My name is Edwin Herman here in the studio and joining me over Skype I have with me Brett King. Welcome to the show Brett. Howdy. Now Brett you <laughs> your voice we better tell people ahead of time although it's pretty obvious your voice is going. <laughs> yeah it's a, a um an animal of some variety, maybe a frog, maybe a horse, has uh, lodged itself firmly in my throat. I, I can hear that. And actually, it doesn't help that for some reason, all of a sudden, the Skype bandwidth seems to have reduced greatly. So it's kind of making your horse voice uh, sound even hoarser. Yeah, well, I, I didn't even hear you introduce me. Oh, did it cut out, did it? Yep. Who's sucking up the bandwidth? I don't know. But anyway, Brett, it's been a weekend of barbecues for you. Indeed it has. You've had... Lovely weather for it, except, you know, of course, Sunday, where it did turn... Oh, it did, it did, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it did. But uh, look, Saturday was great, wasn't it? Oh, Saturday was beautiful. Uh, Hey, we've got our bandwidth back, by the way, from... uh, from Skype. Thank you very much, Microsoft. They must have been listening in. Or the NSA. The NSA. It's the NSA. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, hey, frog's gone. Oh, and you really? Oh, uh, it'll probably come back. <laughs> <laughs> the more we talk, the more it's going to come back, isn't it? So it's yeah. been a weekend of barbecues for you, but also you went to a show, right? You went to a, a comedy. Indeed. Went to Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr. Live Carr's in Wellington. Nice. Mm-hmm. Look, I've never seen him live, and I, I, to be honest, I haven't really seen that many clips of him either. Obviously, recorded. you've not watched enough QI. No, that's right. You should watch QI, Ed. I reckon you would like <laughs> QI. Well, yeah, it I'll have to look at it. quite interesting. And Stephen Fry is brilliant. <laughs> yes. In fact, actually, we've got a story that mentions Stephen Fry a little bit later on. So uh, we'll come to that when we do. But anyway, let's, in fact, look, this is a good time to kick off. So let's let's do it. Now, if you've been reading the news sites, you will have noticed, because pretty much every news site carried the story, the Mac is celebrating 30 years of history. So the Macintosh, not Apple, but the Macintosh. Absolutely. Good distinction to make, the Mac. That's right, Macintosh. Apple, of course, as you uh, imply there, Brett, has been around since April Fool's Day, 1976. It's older than me. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little bit older than me as well. So, <laughs> yeah, but the Macintosh has been around now for 30 years. Of course, uh, 1984 with the famous advertisement. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, if you go to apple.com, I presume it's still uh, still the case this uh, for the rest of the week. But uh, certainly, if you go to apple.com right now, they, the, the front page sort of dedicates itself to the history of the Mac. And you can read up and look at uh, watch videos and, and so on and look at some nostalgic content. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. So the thing is, the thing that people have to realize here, and, and I'm, I'm particularly saying this for the, I guess, the younger generation that have, I guess, come in into into the sort of IT world and the world of the internet when you know, the Mac has been well established, is that this really was quite revolutionary because it was the first production computer to have a keyboard, mouse, and a graphical screen. Mm. Keyboard and mouse existed, but all together with with the graphical screen, it was kind of the first. You know, it was the, they kind of got the idea of, of Xerox uh, off a prototype. We all know that story, but it, mm-hmm. it, they were the first to actually go to production with this graphical user interface. And of course, Windows came in afterwards, and Windows is pretty much everywhere, of course. So it, you know, it, it really was just thinking. I'm, you know, I'm not here to talk about how great the Mac is, although you know that I love to say that. But what indeed I, you do, and I love to shoot you down. For <laughs> that's right, Brett. That's right. <laughs> Those are our roles. But what I do want to emphasise is back in 1984. Just thinking, what a huge, uh, what do you call it, uh, a revolution, if you like, in the world of personal computers. This product was. Yes, indeedy. Mm. Now, you could always argue that if they didn't do it, someone else would. Perhaps Xerox would have pushed yeah, it with theirs. Yeah, would I don't have know. actually used that prototype they came up with. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Uh, you know, we'll never know. We'll never yeah, know. Indeed. But indeed. Apple got there. Yeah, so that there's... I they think made it, a really cool little machine. Yeah. Was the... Uh, I think my, my second primary school had um, Apple Max. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Two SEs, I believe. No, twos. There's twos. Apple. Oh, Apple twos. Yeah. Are you talking about Apple or Apple computers or Mac? I'm talking about the box with the monitor. That's yes. So that's, that's the, box the Mac. Monitor, yeah, the monitor. First models were the Mac. So there was the original Mac, but there was the, the Mac SE, wasn't there? Although well, I yeah. think that, was all, that might have been a little bit later. I forget the. What's the two? Because I remember, I distinctly remember it having a two on it. Oh. Over numeral two. Oh, yeah, there was. No, you're right. There was a Mac 2 as well. Is that the one that was the flat, well, almost flat base unit and then the the monitor unit that looked like it was a giant plug <laughs> that you'd slot into something? I think that might be the LC. The, you might be thinking of the square. You might be thinking of the LC, I think. Yes, I'm thinking of the LC. Yeah, the LC. So this one was a little bit different from the LC. I had LC. one of those as a footrest in my office. Oh, did you? Yeah. You know, these Macs really, I think this the, the whole point about this, you know, thing, this product coming out in 1984 really changed, I guess, the, uh, the way that personal computers were. You know, it was kind of a whole new concept. You have to remember, but back before then, everything was command line only. And mm. you know they still you know still DOS. has its use yeah yeah exactly DOS um, uh, and of course DOS. the Apple Apple's operating system as well which which they had and there were a whole well there were a whole host of computers weren't there back then oh yeah yeah and of course uh, yeah that's fine that still has its place but for you know a computer for everyone this kind of I guess kicked off the graphical user interface um, revolution 
Indeed, so, it did. So there you go. If you are interested, you can pretty much uh, check out any of the tech news sites. They'll be carrying that story. But if you also want to check out Apple.com right now, I don't know how long they're going to keep it there for, but it's currently on their front page. That's what comes up when you go to Apple.com and have a look at, uh, at you know the, the history of the Mac and where it came from. And I've actually still got a copy of the video. It's still floating around on the internet somewhere as well. The original video of Steve Jobs introducing it to the soundtrack of Chariots of Fire. <laughs> see, my favourite part is the original um, TV commercial. Oh, did you see? I everyone raves about that. This is the one, like, the, the Super Bowl one. The you know, the one directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah, 1984 won't be like, and you know, you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Yeah. Why do people like that one so much? I don't know. It makes you think, and it's just so striking. A lot of people You've say also that. You've think it, of it, it in the context. Orwell. Mm. Yeah, in look, the Orwell context and the time period it was in. And yeah. yeah I don't know. I just, I, I, everyone seems to say the same thing and it certainly was an iconic ad because everyone knows it. But I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty average, but. Uh, oh. Maybe I just don't get it. I, perhaps I just don't get it. No, I don't really <laughs> oh my get God, it. wait, 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 wait. We have found something that Apple has produced that you do not like. Oh, look, there's been a few things, Brad. You know me. Oh, okay, I, come on. Let's name some. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear you name something from Apple that you have not liked. I have not liked. Well, w- put it this way. When I, you- I can, strangely enough, with all of my Apple bashing that I do all the time, because I find it amusing, especially for you. Uh uh, there have been many things that Apple have done that I thought they've done absolutely brilliantly and several things which I thought, oh, my God, this is absolutely amazing. Why didn't you continue with it? Oh, that's right. It was too expensive. <laughs> okay, look, to answer your question then, when the iPad first came out, I've since changed my mind, but when the iPad first came out, I thought, it's a cold piece of tech, but I don't see a marker for this. What is this thing and who's going to use it? Uh, indeed, but Apple once again pulled the rabbit out of the hat and they made people make a market for it. Well, I, it, that's one theory. I think it's more yeah. more, more accurate to say, you know, it's more accurate to say there was going to be a market for it and they could see that. But a lot of well, they couldn't. already had the precursor to that. They'd already done the first wave. All the way back with the Newton. Oh, the Newton. Yeah, it was a bit too early. For, well, that was sort of the world of PDAs, but... You know, I mean, there's there's but a blur PDAs, in the lines between. PDA, well, you could pretty much say the PDA has merged into the smart yeah. the tablet device. Yeah, smartphones and tablets. Yeah, you're right. It has. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was kind of a relatively straight transition from your PDA. Why have a phone and a PDA when you could put the two together? Yeah, but yes. boom, yeah. smartphone. <laughs> but the smartphone's got such a tiny screen for browsing the web, and if you just want to kick back on the couch, make it bigger. Mm, that's what they did, yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, so that wasn't, uh, at the time I thought it wasn't, uh, I thought it was a cool piece of tech. I just didn't see it taking off yeah, like it did. Yeah, I, 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 well, same boat. I thought, <laughs> well, you've got a laptop. Well, most people have a laptop and those people who need to do mobile computing have a laptop to do that sort of mobile computing and actually do computing. There, but, there were yeah, analysts. On- it was the fact that I did not catch how big a demand for a mobile media consumption device, which is what it, you know, 
is its, its primary use is is media consumption. Well, there were whether uh, it be uh, games or music or videos, streaming videos. Yeah. Well, there were analysts on both sides. There were analysts that said the same as you and I did, Brett, saying, mm, not sure there's, there's there's a place for this. But there were others that actually said, you know, this thing will work, keep it, keep, you know, watch this space kind of thing. Mm. So anyway, there we go. 30 years of the Macintosh and a lot of people sort of reminiscing about that because it's it's a computer we still have today. Obviously not the original version, but it's still the same series, if you like, the iMac. Mac, Didn't course, you have an, uh, an Apple Classic? Not of my own. No. In fact, uh, no, I didn't. I I had a uh, trying to think what the first Apple was. It wasn't a it wasn't a Macintosh. It wasn't a Classic. In fact, I don't think I owned a computer until well into my university years. And it was oh yeah, I had a Power Mac fifty seven hundred. I think that was your first Mac. My first. In fact, my first Apple device, and that was in 2002-ish. Wow. Well, yeah, it was about this, about then that I got my first Apple device as well. IPod. Which was my, my no, my, my footrest. Oh, <laughs> the LC. Yeah. <laughs> Found it in a box, used it as a footrest. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Brett, um, just moving slightly um, off topic a little bit, but staying with Apple, uh, it's announced, and because people have been speculating what's going to happen with OS X and iOS, uh, if you look at what Microsoft are doing, a lot of people are saying they're wanting to merge. Who really knows? Well, mm-hmm. Apple has put its uh, foot firmly on the ground and said, we will not merge OS X and iOS. They Indeed. Will, they'll remain separate. They will remain separate. However, they have stated that Bits that work the same will look the same sort of thing. Yeah, bits that make sense to have on both. Bits that make sense to have look and be familiar from one to the other will, but the bits that are the strength of each, you know, form factor will be distinct. And that's, I think, that is, it's kind of where Windows uh, and Microsoft shot themselves in the foot. With with eight, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's a you're absolutely right. Eight 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 went too drastically for touch and tablet use, neglecting the fact that the vast majority of devices that this would be installed on will be keyboard mouse driven, and in doing so, while they made a, a great touch interface, I I I actually am quite fond of the the Metro touch interface. Um, they removed bits that made keyboard mouse simple and easy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've learned that for no mm. no real apparent reason. That's what right. What was the I reason think... for removing the the start button that actually brought up the start menu that everybody has been familiar with for decades? Yeah, good question. But I think they've they've learned from that. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know they've learned from that, and you know, but. Here's the thing, you know, Apple have said, no, we're not going to merge because there were rumours also that Mac, that Apple were going to do the same. Well, yeah, well, we discussed it a while back when we had a developer of a piece of software that you use on. Yeah, and Ambrosia software. about the, the roadmap that yep. um, he had uh, found out about from uh, OS X and how the roadmap was 
inter- introducing a lot of features and structure that was mirrored from kind of iOS. Yeah. And yep. so you could see from that how people would, and I, I believe that um, we kind of discussed that as well as to whether or not it would be a, a merging of the two systems because of the the similar way they want to understructure them. But um, obviously now we got confirmation that no, they're going to be two separate operating systems. The interface will in certain parts look and act the same, but the underlying, yeah. Yeah, the underlying OS itself will be separate for those two separate devices. And they did say that's a conscious decision, not because they've got two different product lines and they can't merge them. It's it's a conscious decision. No, we're going to keep them separate. Yeah. No, we're going to the iOS is designed to work best as a tablet touch interface operating system, and that is how it's going to go through. OS X is designed for keyboard and mouse's primary interface, and that's how it's going to go. The bits that make sense to cross will cross, but those primary interaction methods will stay. Separate, yeah, yep. That's uh, very, makes perfect th- sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does, and it makes good sense. So there yeah. we go. Uh, <laughs> we can quash any rumors there because Apple have said it themselves. Indeed. All right, Brett. Uh, the password, the list of passwords of worst passwords to have for a long time. The password, password, as in P A S S W O R D, was hey, the most common worst password. Have you been watching me over my shoulder when I've been typing in my? Unique password. Is that your password? How did, how did you guess? <laughs> oh, because God. it's for a long time been number one on the list of worst passwords, but just this year, a different one has overtaken it. And you you all have seen the story too, wouldn't you, Brett? Yeah. One, one, <laughs> two, one two, three, four, five, six has overtaken password as the most common but yeah, worst, two, you know, common worst password. Or some more people. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, Adobe users are in much more fond of one, two, three, four, five, six than they are of password. Seeing as I believe yeah. the, the the latest mass password data that was available on the net was from the Adobe hacking. Yeah, actually, I think yeah, probably was. Uh, they've seen passwords uh, come through, like Adobe One Two Three and Photoshop and stuff like that come through. So, yeah. so the worst now is one, two, three, four, five, six. Or the most common worst, I should say. The the next most common, I think, is 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 that password, is it? And the third place yep. is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, which is mm-hmm. still unchanged. Position number four is QWERTY, is in Q W E R T Y, and number five is ABC one two three. Ah, good old ABC one two three. Yep. And I love you, by the way. Oh, uh, was number eleven. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a password. <laughs> oh, well, screw you too. Um, <laughs> you knew that. Uh, yeah, I love you. There's number number nine. It was number 11. Excellent. So if we have just told you your password, it'd be a good idea to change it. A very, very, very good idea because you have one of the passwords amongst the worst of in the world. Indeed. And I would strongly suggest that you change your password to Boys of Tech. Yeah, it's a good way to remember us. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, boys are... No, but we, the thing is, once you <laughs> tell someone what to make their password, <laughs> it doesn't really work anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, you 
seen through my cunning ruse. I have indeed. <laughs> I have indeed. <laughs> Random alphanumerics. Yeah, well, they do make for a very Based good Based off of some nondescript phrase that you read once. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, then you can remember it. I tell you, you also guess it. <laughs> do you know what? There's one phrase that I remember. I must. I think it must have been from. Oh, what would it be? Probably early nineties. And before I tell you what it is, let me just say there are a lot of famous film phrases and quotes, and I'm not talking about one of these. I'm talking about obscure ones. All right. Uh-huh. Of course, you know, I'll be back. I mean, of course, we all remember that from the was eighties or nineties. Uh, that was ooh, close on the verge. Early nineties, because I'll be back was from Terminator Two. Ah, right. Okay, there you go. So I, I'm not talking about those famous, well-known ones. I'm talking about obscure ones. And the the phrase is from the bottom of my heart, I salute you. And that was the phrase in one of the MacGyver episodes that unhypnotized Jack Dolan, because that was what was used Indeed. to hypnotize him. <laughs> Do you remember you it as well? You just said that, and I was like, "Oh my god, MacGyver!" Oh, really? Did, did you? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! Because it is quite obscure. I mean, they made up. They mentioned it a few times, but it's not exactly. You know, you can't go around saying, "From the bottom of my heart, I salute you," and people will know that's from MacGyver. Like yeah, you can, indeed. I'll be back because I know it's from Terminator yeah, Two. Yeah. It's different, right? It's more obscure. Uh, indeed, you've got to be. You've got to be a, a, a child of the of the eighties for to, a start. To, um, yeah, and you've you know. Coming home, early evening, either just before dinner or just after dinner. I think it was seven thirty. MacGyver. Yeah, I think it was seven thirty. So just 7:30. after dinner. Just after dinner, you watch MacGyver. Yeah, oh, I loved MacGyver. Oh, yeah, I've got the whole series on on DVD. <laughs> the one series one to seven. Yeah, but anyway, um, there you go. So you you could base it off a phrase, like you say, a, a sort of a. An obscure phrase and get some alpha numeric combination that can be, yeah. you know, they can use the phrase to remember what those, and, what those are. You know, a lot of authentication services these days will actually allow you to put in non alphanumeric characters like hash and exclamation mark and all the things that you used to not be able to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, a very so a good of, idea to use them. Yeah, a lot of them will allow you to put in those now. And so it's a really good idea to start to include, well, first check that it will accept it. But if it does, then put in some of those things because they're also easy to remember when you make them part of of the phrase. Yep, exactly. Um, especially mm. words like hash and carrot as well is a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, as in C-A-R-A-T, but of course sounds like the word carrot, what you bunch on, you could get a phrase out of that. You know, you could put, you know, have something like, I don't know, rabbits eat carrots or something. And, of course, the carrot symbol is used in place of the word carrot, something like that. Yeah. With some other changes. And some alphanumerics and other places. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Anyway, uh, one last international story before we go on to our New Zealand section of the show. Wikipedia have started a project called WikiVIP, and what it is, it's a project to record short voice phrases to go, uh, to be embedded or uploaded into the articles on Wikipedia on famous people or well-known people. So, for example, there, there might be a an article on Stephen Fry. And, Which there is. And there is, yeah, strange, but well, <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> yeah. And there might also be 
a sample of him of his voice of him speaking on that article and so now we'll have a per- so when he goes when he's dead and gone and you know uh, it's hard to find clips well I can't imagine that would ever be but uh, if for some reason of course it's, not. It, <laughs> it's difficult to find clips of, of Stephen Fry you'll be able to go to the to Wikipedia and listen to what his voice sounded like yeah but this isn't just um, famous people as no. in actors and no. all of that sort of thing who are in media that we would you know be have to pick up a DVD etc of but we're talking about um, astronauts scientists yes um, yep. peers <laughs> Yeah, peers of the United Kingdom and anybody who is a notable, a notable person in the world for whatever reason. It's grabbing a bit of that who they are. You get to hear what they actually sound like, but you also get to hear them say their name so you can know what their name actually sounds like, how to pronounce it, especially if you're not from the, you know, you're not from the same country or language as the as the the person that you're looking up on wikipedia yeah i think i think it's i think it's brilliant okay shall we does however have some issues if you any of those people happen to be using audio biometrics as an authentication system because they have then released (laughs) their voice onto the internet yeah but (laughs) so if you are releasing your voice onto the internet make sure it does not contain any of the phrases you use in biometric exactly (laughs) <laughs> Another security tip. There you go. You get two security tips at the price of one this week. Um, uh, Brett, shall we? Shall we play? I'll take my incredible, far futuristic cyber tinfoil hat off. Then <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it's very yeah. Cool. It is cool, isn't it? Now, look, Brett. Shall we play Stephen uh, Fry's voice? I don't see why not. Okay, here he is. Hello, my name is Stephen Fry. I was born in London, and I've been in the entertainment business since um, well, I suppose about 1981. And there you go. Yeah. And that's Stephen Fry yeah, in of all course. his glory. Absolutely. As if his voice wasn't easily recognised at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, precisely. You cannot have watched any popular television that has come from England in the past 10 years, <laughs> 20 years, that has not had Stephen Fry in Exactly. It. Exactly. All right, Brett, it's- look. That is it for the international stories, but right after this, we'll go to the New Zealand section. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. Now, moneylenders here in New Zealand have started checking social media profiles of potential customers. So now when you want to send uh, sign up for a loan, from one of the moneylenders, they will, or a lot of them, some of them at least, will start trawling your Facebook and your Twitter accounts. <laughs> They'll ask you for the username. They're not cyber stalking. They they're gonna they ask you for you, your username and you give those out and they'll look at your Facebook and Twitter content. And they, the reason they do that is to form a better opinion in their mind as to the risk involved in lending you money. Indeed. Oh my God. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> well, it's a logical step. Employers oh, are checking your your social media profiles totally. um, for ridiculousness that you might have done when you were 12 and how that might impact on your creditworthiness or your employability. Well, what, what are Be your thoughts on this? Be careful what you put on your social media and if it is in any way off the cuff, lock it down. 
Well, this is the thing. I mean, I my opinion is that I look. I don't have a problem with it. For a start, they're asking, "What is your Twitter username? What is your Facebook username?" So we can look mm-hmm. at you. You know, they it, they pretty much tell you we're going to look at your profile. And Indeed. let's not forget your profile's uh, public. Well, what you said is public. Anyone can see anyway. Mm-hmm. So all they're doing is trying to work out. You know, if if they're lending you a thousand dollars or something, the real problem, what are you going to spend is, it on? Well. The real problem is that you can monitor your own social media account all you like, but what other people post and tag you in? Oh, so you can get associated with other people that you might not like to be associated with. Is that what you're or, saying? Or if you have, you know, locked down your profile and you only share your pics of making stupid faces while you're at a party with close friends, but one of your other associates who was at the party post all of their stuff freely you're suddenly tagged in their pictures of oh i see yeah i see what you mean yeah so yeah it's it is it starts to get into the how the hell do you control that sort of realm when it is in any of those situations you have no control (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's always you can control a, your own profile stuff, but yeah, it, your profile is not own is not your only profile on the internet. Well, your only, your well, profile your only is con- also yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the bits of your friends' profiles that include you. Yeah, that all forms part of your content or content that in- includes you. So yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's a, I think it's fine. Some people are I, not happy with it, but I I think it's okay. Well, I I think it starts to get into the. It's it itself. There's nothing wrong with it itself. It's the fact that it puts its fingers into a part of the internet that just isn't, is a tender subject for everybody because nobody does it right. Privacy online is, yeah, is such a, a, a fundamental thing because we think online is, we should have the same sort of protections online, if not more so, than we do in everyday life when we have all of these different things which say what you can and cannot do to invade my privacy. But online, you don't control all of that. And so it's a it's this very grey, murky sort of area that nobody quite does right for control and how it's used and all that sort of stuff. And every time anything is raised that sort of touches on it, it sparks in everybody's, you know, in the back of everybody's minds, this is an invasion of my privacy. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing. I just think that because they touch into this murky water of privacy, how they do it could end up either falling onto the bad side or being perfectly fine. <laughs> well, I, I guess, you know, I would, the one thing I would say is that you have to remember when you're borrowing money from a money lender, it's not your right. To borrow that money, it's a privilege. No, they can they choose to lend you money if they wish. They can refuse you for any reason. So yep. I, I guess it comes down to if it so happens that you apply for a loan and they turn you down and say, "Look, we've checked out your online profile, and you know we see a bigger risk here than what we're prepared to to accept." Sorry, we're turning you down. You've you really you can't. Oh, yeah, you can't that, blame, I, I think that's yeah, that's perfectly that's perfectly in there in their mm. rights. You might yeah. be disappointed, but you, you know you shouldn't be. And you uh, might then just you know have a, a a more concerted look at what your 
social media or online presence. Yes, that might be a, a, the next step. People outside. <laughs> yep, in that's the exactly. Is it saying that you are a happy go lucky, happy go lucky party person? Um, that's probably not going to be the best front face for you know you've run out of cash and you need to borrow some. Yeah. By the way, uh, you know, a lot of money lenders are starting to do this. Incidentally, the New Zealand Bankers Association spokeswoman Karen Scott Hellman said that banks did not look at social media to work out whether to lend. So if you would rather not have the lender look at your social media profile, a bank might be an option Indeed, because the, the bank doesn't need to look at your social media profile. They can look at their own data on your spending habits to determine whether or not you're a bad or good investment. Oh, no, that's right. They'll still do, they'll still do <laughs> they credit checks. They have direct checks, access to your money stuff. <laughs> they do, but they'll, they'll still do credit checks with- Oh yeah, they'll still know, do credit checks. Collection agencies and so on. But mm-hmm. All right, Brett, that's pretty much it for this week. It's been a good show. Mm-hmm. Mm, 30 years of Macintosh. Wow. And I'm using one right now. Love it. All right, Brett, thank you very much I'm- for co-hosting. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Ed. It's nice to be back for the new year. Oh, yes. Is this your first? It is this your is first podcast. This is my Oh, look, it's fantastic. I was expecting champagne and chocolates, but no. Oh, well. <laughs> no fanfare. Well, ah. look, I tell you what, though. Next time we do one of the, our live shows at one of the local bars, we could have champagne and chocolate at, at the bar. Excellent. Sounds great. We'll do it next week. Look at you. You've signed up already. All right, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see what we can do. All right, Brett, thank you very much once again. Always uh, a pleasure. Excellent, and we'll catch you next time. Till then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.